Hey, hey, Podnutsians. Welcome to another episode of Linux for the Rest of Us. This is, this is episode 232. This is a podcast all about Linux and the ecosystem around Linux free Libra open source software, whether it is just the people involved with it, the software involved with it, or the mentality involved with it. Uh, I am joined again by Bruce. How's everything going, Bruce? Dora, I got to tell you. I'm furious and afraid at the same time, but we'll go into that soon. Well, I think you just scared the hell out of me, but um, I will say it's been at least three weeks since we've done a show. Uh, part of it was I have been completely sick, and if you've taken a look at Pondus.com, you'll see I haven't done a lot of shows for at least two weeks now. I've been nonstop hacking and coughing and fever and uh, sleep sweating kind of thing, but I think i'm actually finally getting better well to be fair you also had a co-host who totally slept through the uh the show two weeks ago so that, that's totally on me yeah you were fine man um i will say the things in the linux verse has not slowed down um things seem to be going at a brisk pace um i am constantly i'll say shocked and amazed at the fact that the Linux podcast out there tend to like talk about the latest update to Linux mint for like 40 minutes. And then when all is said and done, it's basically the exact same Linux mint that there was two months ago. So um, I hope there's better things to talk about than that. Oh, there absolutely is. So short of when I was alluding to earlier, when I was furious, apparently there's a new distribution that was added to the distribution list today, and that's called Fury BSD, which I believe is probably powered by the rage of the user installing it. Um, but uh, anyway, so there's that part. But the afraid part alludes to a, a sports issue that has come up in the sports world. I know that you, you're not the biggest hockey fan, but um, uh, Peters in Calgary uh, actually resigned his position for, for a remark he made over 10 years ago. Yep. And that, I've got to tell you, Dor, I mean, you know, our, we're all human. Are you not allowed to make mistakes? And, I mean, let's face it, some are more, some are more inexcusable than others, but the fact of the matter is is that we make them. And at this point, really concerned because what stops people from going back 20, 30 years? You know, I quite frankly, I'm afraid if any of the 20s come back to me, I'm screwed. Yeah, um, I will say I never heard of Fury BSD. First off, fantastic name, really solid looking website. Uh, unfortunately, what in typical fashion, when you look at the desktop, it literally looks like something from like 2003, but you know, you'll have that BSD is more solid, less cutting edge. And I'll say this, me and my son, I tried to explain to my son, that's one of the extreme flaws about today's modern culture. And I did hear about that hockey coach, um, 10 years ago was 10 years ago. Uh, what people today have a very hard time understanding is time, context, intent. Now, granted, what the guy said wasn't cool, but it should have been handled 10 years ago, not in 2019. Um, what I did back in 2008, if you hold against me now, then I have no chance of succeeding whatsoever. I might as well change my name, 
moved to Vietnam and just rent my services out. <laughs> well, let's we'll, we'll we'll hold the reins back on that one. But one other thing, sort of sliding away from that, I agree with you there. But the other part too, going back to Fury BSD too. One part of me was really hoping it would be after Sergeant Fury because that could be a really cool logo. That would have made a lot of sense. Yes, and like here's the thing. Um, I'm a true believer in you know stick with what got you to the dance. BSD's hallmark, the thing that really made it popular was its unbelievable stability and its unbelievable security. When it comes to network devices, when it comes to hardened VPN solutions, hardened firewall solutions, it's a BSD solution, which is always the best. So to make BSD a desktop solution, to me, it's kind of like forcing the round peg through the square hole, which I, you know, in 2019 might not be a popular thing to say, but really, is that what you want to do is what I would ask the creators of Fury BSD. Well, actually, you hit on something that I'm hoping to talk about maybe next show, um, and that's VPN, uh, because I've been actually very curious about it, uh, especially in light of uh, NordVPN, which uh, apparently was was compromised not too long ago and of course there's always the notion of rolling your own so um uh, i was thinking that if uh, you're up there, um why don't we not maybe not the next show but the show after so we get a little chance to do some homework here because uh you know like a lot of other average people out there um i'm sure a lot of folks just simply don't use vpn when they're logging on uh from home and i think that it, it might be a nice security measure I am very much in favor of talking about VPNs, but I'll say it like this. It all depends on what you expect when you use it. There's a multiple different use cases for a VPN and like PIA private internet access was just bought out. That to me is one of the most stable, confident, secure, isolation, anonymous systems that has been available for end users for like the last 10, maybe 15 years, and they just got bought out. And when they, when a company gets bought out, I don't care what the press release says. I don't care what representatives of the company say. I don't care what Reddit threads say. I don't care what rumor mills speculate. I don't care what anything says. I care about action. And so far, PIA is still among the most trustworthy VPNs that are out there. Now, it is literally December 1st, 10.07 p.m. That could change tomorrow. And if you say, well, that's a cop-out, well, then I'll say, you take it, you bend over, and you stuff it up yourself. Because the only constant is change. And if you expect me to give a definitive answer for all time, then you are unbelievably deluded and polluted is what I'll say. Everything is time sensitive, just like the hockey coach. It depends on when you're saying it and it depends on why you're saying it. Um, for all I know, that coach believed he was saying that because he thought that was the best way to get results out of that player. And I can't tell him he was wrong. Um, at the same token, right now, PIA is among the most safe, secure, trusted VPNs on the market. Is there something better? Uh, I don't know. 
Is there something worse? Oh, hell yes. Can PIA be trusted? Well, maybe for right now, but I can't tell you about next week. Well, and again, I think the point is almost moot at this. If you do anything remotely with Google, I mean, I and I think it's safe to say that uh, there was actually a discussion with a security professional a long time ago, actually three, four years ago, at a major conference. He started it off by saying, let's just forget about the issue of privacy. Let's stop pretending it exists, because it doesn't, amid the myriad number of hacks. Um, in fact, before uh, Experian, you had Heartland, which is a, a credit card clearinghouse. Now, interestingly enough, I was at a security conference a couple of weeks back, and so there's a new company that has since replaced Heartland, uh, who is even worse because they've already been compromised four times in the last year, and we hear nothing. It's just one of those things where one day in the mail, Hey, here's your new card, you know, and they're not at license. They don't have to disclose their hacks. And I'm, I'm a little uh, upset at that, but we'll wrap up things a little neatly here. So in regards to Peters, like I said, yes, there's there's no excuse for the way he coached. However, there was an interesting article in the post today where they're interviewing Sean Avery, the NHL punk of the century. Um, and it was funny because it was talking about the time he was uh, – kicked by his coaches and i and that's plural and it's funny because one time uh, the way the article was run it's kind of tongue-in-cheek but it was also serious at the same time it was like um so the first time avery got kicked it's like well it, it, it's because uh of who you are he goes no it's because i i made a mistake and and threw the puck in the opposite end and my guy seven stitches in the head because but you know i got kicked again later on he goes oh what was that for he goes well i was supposed to be out on a penalty kill and inadvertently gave up the puck which ultimately led to a turnover he goes so <laughs> he kicked you for that he goes no it's partly because i tripped my own defense doing it yeah and that's the thing um when you deal with people when you deal with emotions when you deal with individuals it's almost like hr um I, as a nerd, cannot tell somebody what they're doing is wrong if it ends up with positive results. All I can say is, if it was me, would it be comfortable or not? And, it, and it's like, at work, I can tell you when I'm clearly uncomfortable. Now, one of the things I'd like to do is put up a Kanban board for myself. There, I know we said we we're going to add anything for the corporate world, but you know what? Uh, it sounds somewhat formal than just simply saying, hey, I'm going to put a sticky note up. But there are a couple of things I, I'd like to also talk about, too, that I, I've come across because I feel if I don't put these down, I'm going to forget them. One of the things, though, I do want to say, uh, we talked about other shows, and one of the things I'd like to give a shout-out to is uh, find folks over at Hack5 because – Jeez, they're still doing it, you know? I was looking at, um, they've got, what, 2,000 episodes? That's crazy. Um, and, you know, they still put out a quality show. I'm not not sure what your opinions of them are, but I, I kind of like them. I've had no problem with them over the years. I mean, like anything else, I've had mixed feelings about them over the years, but I will say this. Uh, Darren Kitchen is unbelievably dedicated. Um, it's really difficult for me to say how dedicated he is because I don't know if I can actually fathom it. Um, 
the other people on hack five it's a mixed bag you know what i mean some people are there because they like darren some people are there because they don't like to work nine to five jobs some people are there because they really enjoy tinkering which is what hacking used to be um i'll say this um hack five are the people that introduced me to yasuger the wi-fi pineapple um they've introduced me to at least i'll say now in my lifetime 20 or 30 things i never even heard of before they mentioned it and they allowed me to go on a deep dive in my own world and just figure out things that i never thought was imaginable um and i'll say um they've even had people like patrick norton on episodes of hack five um they've had really good people on shows um Time will tell where they're going to end up, but I'll say this. There's little doubt in my mind. Um, if Darren Kitchen remains in control, Hack 5 is going to be fine. They're going to end up just fine. They're going to just end up with insane amounts of content, insane amount of insight, insane amount of uh, things under their umbrella. Um, it's just honest. It seems like honest to goodness good stuff. Uh, and I agree. I think that's probably the biggest appeal to it is its earnest uh, aspect of it. Well, I mean, it's no different from you and the approach you make for your shows as well. So, I mean, that's out there. Uh, one of the other things that I'd also like to look forward on a little bit later on, too, uh, I know that a couple of people uh, through the years, through various, you know, Linux 6 and the Podnuts community um, have tinkered on and off with things like Jack, Ardor, and things like that. Now, uh, I'm stepping it up a little bit more because over the past summer, um, I've dropped a ton of money on some some high-end music equipment. And at this point, I'm looking to actually start recording. But the barrier for me, and it will always be one, is I'm not using Pro Tools. I refuse to do anything um, that requires me to use a Mac. I will not do it. Um, and so uh, I've reached out to one of the Sweetwater reps to actually have this discussion at length. I'll be very curious to see what he comes up with, what he can offer, and then obviously, you know, through our, our future shows, I'll give updates on how that's going because you know, I think there are actually a surprising number of musicians looking for these kind of uh, uh, alternatives. It doesn't necessarily have to be open source, but you know, there's a lot of stuff out there for just the average person, and you know, uh, I'm intent on finding out what that is. Uh, I'll say this: unbelievably cool. Uh, I know Sweetwater is like ah, I don't want to use terms like the Holy Grail. Sweetwater is the place you go to when you unbelievably care about quality. There's no getting around it. Now, for the curveball, I think one of the things that is going to help musicians with online participation to the degree that I honestly don't think musicians can even comprehend, Bruce, is, are you ready for it? Completely out of left field. Fire away. 5G. 5G? I know, dramatic pause. Well, here's the reason. Uh, China is really the only place where 5G is actually launched. The promise of 5G has nothing to do with speeds of streams, okay? It's not like you're going to get a gig down, a gig up. No, 5G has nothing to do with that. 5G has to do with 
latency. Okay. 5G is supposed to give you so low latency. They just did a demonstration and I'm going to try to have a link in the notes, but don't hold me to it. We are China demonstrated a thousand miles. I want to say it was a thousand miles separated between two orchestras and they were able to, because of 5G time things together and actually create music afar. Um, I will say, I don't know nothing about no music, except all musicians crave as close to zero latency with everything, whether it is just the local processor, whether it's the MIDI keyboard or anything else. And I believe if you, Bruce, can sit at home with whatever your musical instrument is of choice and connect with people, whether it be in California, Florida, Oregon, Ontario, Sao Paulo, uh, Uzbekistan, Paris, France, and have literally near no latency, you can actually contribute together and actually create music afar. And that's the kind of thing where I do believe we are not going to understand the actual impact of the next generation of mobile quote unquote networks. Cause here's the dirty secret, Bruce. Most Carriers are going to offer in-home solutions for 5G where they're going to try to take on in-home internet service providers. Um, and I can tell you, if internet providers don't really get on the ball, I can see people like T-Mobile offering solutions for in-home internet that will literally rival $300 a month like Comcast-type service. Oh, you know what? There's probably no doubt in that, given the fact that Comcast is just lazy with the folks that they have. You know, it's funny. This really isn't too much different from what I consider what happened in the newspaper industry. You know, they just got so full of themselves thinking, oh, no, everybody needs their news. They won't go on some fancy Internet for it. Well, here we are now, and major newspapers have lost uh thousands millions of readers and it's because they failed to adapt on time and i can see this happening in the internet space too because you've got uh large companies like well i can't i can't say that with fios but i do know that other people's experiences haven't been as well as good as that uh but comcast they could care less you know and if they don't watch out it's one of those things where they could wake up and find themselves fifth or six down the uh, down the list of internet service providers and it is funny you mentioned locale because um i have a brother in new hampshire and a brother in oregon and we all play the same uh instrument and we had talked about exactly that well i it's one of those things i really hate saying it like this because i really do not want to sound pompous I don't want to sound arrogant. I don't want to sound cocky. I don't want to sound like a, a know-it-all because I know I'm an idiot. But I do know with the low latency that 5G can offer on the right service plan, using the right kind of services on your back end, you guys will be able to literally harmonize in such a way where you literally feel like you're all in the same room. And that's the kind of thing that our future networks can promise. And I hate to say it, they will be able to deliver with or without the United States federal government approval or um, blockages or anything else. 
Oh, without a doubt. The only thing I'm jealous of is that the NSA get to hear our music first. Well, I know multiple people in the NSA, and I got good news for you, Bruce. They're just as stupid as everybody else. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's some really nice people I know that work at the NSA, but um, if they were like somehow superiorly competent, the rest of the world would be in trouble. Um, but they're not. They're just normal folk. So, yeah, we are just fine. Everybody else is just fine. Um, nothing is exploding. Nothing is being destroyed. Nothing is extremely changing. We all just wake up every morning, we yawn, we stretch, and we go about our day. Sometimes the NSA picks up little things here or there, but on the good side, they really don't have anything to do except just twiddle their thumbs. Well, you know, interestingly enough, um, I'm going to use this phrase and I'm going to try to limit the number of times I use it through the life of this podcast. So AI is a very interesting aspect to all of this. And, you know, like I said, I mean, it was one of those well-worn out phrases. But after seeing how um, companies are using AI, uh, I'm intrigued and scared at the same time. And I'm also interested in seeing how it it's incorporated into different agencies because that's one of the things. Uh, there's a Newston book that is coming out, if it already isn't out now, that actually discusses such things um, because they listen or record everything. And you've got to figure a way to filter through all of that stuff in real time. And artificial intelligence is actually what leads that marker. So, I mean, you know, there's... Like I said, it's one of those things where it's terrifying, but it's also intriguing because of what it could possibly do. So I'm hoping that as long as the people are in charge that are making sure that it's being guided correctly, it's okay. Will it fall into wrong hands? Absolutely. Well, yes, there's no, you don't even question that um i did have to talk my brother-in-law down from a cliff this past weekend and i explained to him like this the best thing you have to understand about ai is ai cannot even begin to understand the word intent and because of that there's no such thing as any ai or machine learning that can give you um perfect answers and the example i use is there's no such thing as you putting a fingerprint in a system and it coming back and telling you there's a match. They don't do that. They come back and tell you, here's a subset of results that could be a match. Now you being the human must go through and decide which is which. The same thing with facial recognition. There's no system in place in the world where you submit a face and it comes back and says there's a match. They simply come back and say, here's a subset we think matches your criteria. Now you have to be the ultimate decider human and make the decision. And because of all that, every bit of AI, there is never an AI that comes back with an ultimate answer, partially because we humans don't trust it, partially because it cannot even begin to understand the word intent. Um, so we still have humans doing that final step, doing that final stance, doing that final stamp of approval. Um, and because of that, I am very, very comfortable with when people say the United States government is using this, they're using that, they're using this, they're using that. Well, they are, but you got to remember, 
at the end of all these decision trees, there is a human being making those final answers. And I live right by Baltimore, Maryland, which means I know a great number of people who work at NSA. And with those people making decisions, I feel fine um, because I know that they're going to take humanity into their e, um, final decision on whether or not to do something, whether or not to say something, whether or not to, you know, push something through. Um, AI, I think, is just a fancy term of way of saying a system that allows people to do their jobs a little bit quicker. Although, on the other hand, I could also see abuse for entertainment purposes because if people... Oh, hell yeah. Can you imagine if it's like, all right, well, we, meaning uh, some some overlord who's decided that the media needs to start paying less attention to it, it's like, why don't we have a, a TV show about the Cleveland Browns, how they integrate AI to find their next quarterback? Yes, and I will say this. I know more than a couple people who work at federal agencies with three letters who spend six nights a week in uh, adult entertainment expos, expos is what I'll say. Uh, and they tell me about the entertainment aspect that happens every day. And the way that they describe it, it's the kind of thing where if I was there, I'm pretty sure I would do the very same thing. So it's one of those things. It isn't good. It isn't bad. It isn't almighty. It isn't the end of everything. It's literally just a tool in one part of a chain of a workflow. And really, that's where it begins and that's where it ends. And with that being said, I think also to the point of it being a tool in the proper context, in what I'm going to be experiencing it in the upcoming months, uh, I actually look forward to it because I'll be exposed to this. And I do like this as a mechanism to protect your home in a, in a word although you know that's actually something that might be more and more prevalent given the uh the so-called internet of things because uh there was an interesting story not too long ago and again it never really occurred to me that this would actually be a thing but apparently one of the things you have to worry about is you have to worry about who you're giving the app to control your household with because that's um, a big problem in this country where couples break up. And what do the one, what do your exes do? They turn your heat up all the way. They turn it all the way off. So it's another thing. Yeah. And like same thing about your car. And then if you take your car and sell your car or you literally just get a rental car and you connect it to your house, um, sometimes when that car gets rented by the next person, uh, surprise, they have access to all your data. Um, we don't understand. I mean, it's like this. As a government employee, one of the worst things we do is onboarding and offboarding. Um, I think IoT does a really horrible job of onboarding and offboarding. Um, we try to make it easy to connect to things, but we never make it obvious how to disconnect. Now that very interesting statement you just made about <clears throat> onboarding and off. And I'd like to take that one offline at some point and talk to you a little bit more about it because that is exactly what's happening uh, in the place that I work at as well. Yeah, I just want to say that's one of the things that I've tried to tell my job now for 20 years. Onboarding and offboarding is unbelievably vital 
and actually really easy to do if you just like the old firefighter thing is if you stop putting out fires and water your own flowers you'll be unbelievably more productive um it's really difficult to get people to agree to such uh terms though yeah well just to give you an idea of where that question came from or why the discussion uh so i work for uh, a department which is called iam which is identity and access Management. so needless to say that is right in our wheelhouse so anyway um yeah it's a it's a discussion as we mentioned before this is enterprise and we don't talk about enterprise yeah 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 and i will say this bruce um I have now on my main work rig, I have Visual Studio 27, uh, 2015 installed, 2017 installed, 2019 installed, and Visual Studio Code installed. And I will say this, Visual Studio Code is the one that anyone can download. Um, I was shocked. I was literally shocked at Facebook announcing last week that their official development platform would be Visual Studio Code. Um, and then I go and I look at some of the plugins. I go look at some of the functionality. I go look at some of the things that I can do with Visual Studio Code. And I'm thinking, why in the hell isn't everybody abusing the crap out of this application right now? Um, I understand if you're in the Java world, you want to use um, oh the other one that's really popular. Eclipse. Um, Eclipse, IDE because it's really Java focused, but I can tell you if you're not Java focused and you're not entertaining the idea of using VS code, visual studio code, um, I truly believe you're doing yourself a disservice. You know, I generally don't find myself supporting Microsoft products, but uh, I'm in complete agreement. Uh, when it became available as a Linux download, I wanted something a little bit different for Python. And, um, oh, holy cow, you know, like I said, it was, uh, it was a revelation to me, you know, it's, uh, uh, I can't crap all over an application just because it's made by somebody I don't care about, but, um, this is made and it's made well. And like you said, you know, scratching the surface of it, once you dig a little bit deeper and look at the plugins and stuff, it's like, wow, why haven't I been using this more often? Yeah, and like I've used Sublime, I've used Genie, I've used Notepad++, I've used everything is what I'll say. Um, and the ease of use, the comfort that you can get with a Microsoft application is something I never imagined plausible or possible is what I'll say. And when I started using it, I found myself literally developing code quicker than i thought i could and then i said to self self i need to take a day off of work stay home and drink a lot of liquor because this is changing the rest of my life which also i think for those out there who are really self-motivated i've been very curious about some of the feedback and what you're using uh for ides and more importantly you know, the language that you're going in, know that uh, Codecademy is still one of the bigger places for people who are trying to get off the ground. But I'd be curious if there are like other intermediate uh, sites that also help with uh, code training. Yeah. And what I'll say is it's a workflow thing, um, which is also like a Linux distro thing. Some people say Fedora is the best. Some people say Arch is the best. Some people say 
Mint is the best. Some people say Ubuntu is the best. Who's right? Ding, ding, ding. Nobody. It's what best conforms to your workflow or what caveats are you willing to compromise on? Same thing with an IDE. And I hate to say it like this. An IDE is maybe more of a personal preference choice where you might say Genie is the best because of XYZ. But if you were willing to relinquish some, I don't want to say freedoms, Bruce, because that makes me sound like a freedom hater. If you're willing to work on some of your morals, some of your ethics, some of your beliefs, some of your perspectives on reality and try other solutions, you might be shocked how much quicker you might be able to get stuff done. And I'll say this, I'm nearly 50 years old now. I care about efficiency. I ain't got time for stuff. I need to be a father. I need to be a husband. I need to be a friend to people. I need to be a podcaster. I need to be everything else on top of trying to be the best developer I can be, you know, in my nine to five. And I hate to say it like this. Visual Studio Code is shockingly simplistic. Um, and the IntelliSense uh, uh, completion that happens inside of Visual Studio Code allows me to not remember a lot of stuff um, that I used to have to always have to reference and go search and copy and paste in. Um, it's really, I hate to say it like this, you know, it's a tool. It's not good. It's not bad. It's a tool. It depends on what you use it for. And I've been doing my damnedest to use it for good. And to be honest, I've been pretty damn successful in the last couple of weeks. Well, that's an area where, uh, you know, it's funny. You hit on a couple of things that I fully agree with you. Um, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Time does matter. And for the time that I'm actually working, it's just a matter of finding something where you can just take it, hit the ground running, and go with it. Um, so yeah, like I said, at this point, uh, totally embrace this and we'll see where things are because at point I would like to dedicate a little bit more time and help the cause. Um, and if it means doing that, I think you and I had already discussed this, you know, it's, it's all about functionality and what's useful and what's practical. And this is practical. Yes. Um, and I will say it like this. Um, uh, the long and the short is time sensitive, time context. Um, uh, Amazon just basically sued the federal government because of a $10 billion contract being awarded to Microsoft for the Jedi uh, Joint Initiative Defense Infrastructure, I believe is the acronym, um, because Amazon believes that they should have been uh, more heavily considered is what I'll say. As much as I despise everything about Microsoft, okay, there's few companies I am comfortable in saying are ready to accept such a responsibility as a global cloud computing hyperconvergence of cloud and local servers to enable programming languages to communicate on these wide area networks and these local area networks, these hybrid clouds, to be able to get things done 
without the end users even knowing that such an ecosystem exists. Microsoft has, since Steve Ballmer got booted out of Microsoft, been doing really smart things. The only name, in my humble opinion, doing things as smart or smarter than Microsoft has done in the last 10 years is Linux. Linux has sneakingly driven itself into everything, and everything has became silently dependent on Linux. Um, I love the fact that now on a Windows server, on a Windows operating system desktop, I can literally install a Linux kernel. I can literally use the old classic commands of sed, awk, grep, and I can get things done. And I've found more productive ways to do a lot of things in the enterprise that normally I've been only able to do in my house. Um, and I'll say it like this. Uh, I know now eight or nine people who work for Red Hat. And the fact that IBM has not completely screwed the pooch and IBM has let Red Hat remain Red Hat. I hate to say it like this, but as good as Microsoft has been doing in the last like, you know, five or 10 years, the dirty secret is I think everyone's going to be shocked in the next two or three years with how popular Red Hat has become and how much they've infected every kind of ecosystem that actually exists out there. Um, it's going to be an AI opener, I believe. Well, and let's face it, it never gets old when you hear Bill Gates say his biggest regret ever was not getting in the Android space. Yeah, I mean, um, and here's the thing. Microsoft has already announced a Android-based operating system that they're going to release a Surface, I want to say Neo, and then a Surface Go um, running Android operating systems. Um, free Libra open source will become the norm, and to have isolated, siloed operating systems will become the one-off. They're going to become less and less popular, and I hate to say it like this, but the like keystone in this whole thing, in the timeline of everything, is going to be when does Apple change? It might take three years, it might take five years, it might take seven years, but I can guarantee you this. Apple is already based upon Unix. The only question becomes, when do they actually become that instead of just being based upon it? Well, that's actually an intriguing question. Um, I don't know. I'd like to think that arrogance will carry the day through for them and that they continue this really broken, crappy model. Uh, and then, you know, ask any of your uh, company's uh, admins about how they feel about Microsoft being in the workplace. I mean, uh, Apple being in the workplace. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get some some glares, but you know this latest uh, uh, OS upgrade has just been playing havoc, havoc with crappy applications like Adobe, who I even hate more. I honestly can't believe Adobe still exists. I don't know what it's going to take for them to either modernize in air quotes and become a normal company or just die. I despise them so much. Well, see. Here's the thing. They have died, and they've gone to heaven. They live in the cloud. And then they come back to life. It's Canadians. 
And I mean, they don't even say that they're sorry. <laughs> Down's gonna say, tell me I'm wrong. I'm still joking. Okay, well, I'll say it like this. Anybody who wants to um, know when we're going live, all you got to do is go to Hootsuite, uh, twitter.com slash podnuts or go to youtube.com slash Linux for the rest of us and hit subscribe. Um, we will be posting the live links there. Um, we also are in Discord. If you want a Discord invite, I'll, I got to put it on the main website. Um, we are on Discord. Um, we also have a Mattermost server, and what I will say is, it is a unbelievably peaceful Mattermost server. It's the kind of server where if you drop in, you don't have to worry about too many conversations happening that you won't be able to keep up on. And I literally pay $15 a month for this Mattermost server, even though I'm the only one to post anything on that Mattermost server for, I want to say, the last 90 days but that's okay it could be worse um and if you want to send us an a, uh, email we always have podcast at linux for the rest of us.com or you can send an email to mail at podcast.com with a subject line podcast at linux for the rest of us.com i will thank william dupie d-u-p-u-i-e who's our newest patreon who's giving more a month to patreon than I think I've ever given any month to Patreon is what I will say. I don't want to say the number because I don't want to try to donate shame other people to try to match that number. So thank you, William. Uh, and I want to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon because of you. We, me and Bruce don't have to stop talking every, you know, 15, 20 minutes and insert some unbelievably tasteless ad for some product that we don't believe in we don't trust we don't like and we don't have anything to do with but we'll shove down your throat like we are ta a classless tasteless people like virtually every other linux podcast out there and you know i'm right when i say that uh bruce do you have any uh parting words i don't want to say last words because that might sound a bit you know bad well and I, given my age, that might be appropriate. However, I'll leave folks with this sort of clickbaity sort of uh, announcement that we've got some interesting things coming up in the upcoming weeks. So stay tuned for those. Very cool. Very cool. And I will say Bruce privately asked me what he could do to help the network. Um, and this is what I will say publicly. I need a lot of help. I am not organized i am not focused but here's the thing i don't want anybody to help me with anything unless they get something out of it in return if you listening to this show would like to contribute to anything i do you have to get something out of it in return I want you to get either credibility. I want you to get name recognition. I want you to get some kind of publicity out of it. I don't expect to get anything from anybody without them reciprocating and getting something out of it as well. Um, we in Podnuts believe first and foremost, familia, family first. Um, without family, there's nothing else. Um, I don't care about download numbers. I don't care about download counts. I don't care if we get 20,000 downloads. If I don't get at least two or three emails a month 
I'm just going to stop doing the show. Um, if I don't get some kind of interactions every now and then, we're just going to stop it. And I'll just go and I'll just bring Bruce a pizza every couple months and I'll just sit down and talk to him. Um, cause that's to be honest, more fun. Um, Bruce, uh, I really hope you have a good holiday here coming up. Uh, and I really do hope we get to talk in the next uh, week or so. Um, I don't think we have anything else to really cover. No, uh, I'm not sure how old uh, some of the fan letters were, but I mean, I think we had caught up about to everyone. Um, did you have one more from, was it Paul? Or not? I do know I had an email from Paul. Well, I'll tell you what, if it's unrelated, whatever, we can always bring that up in the next episode. I'll say, I almost can't remember. Um, Paul was, one of the things Paul was asking for was a uh, copy of my OPML file. Long story short, I listen to anywhere from 130 to 160 podcast uh, feeds. Um, typically, it's around 20 to 46 hours worth of audio a day. Uh, I do plan on exporting my podcast OPML, but it comes with a warning. Okay. I listen to everything from Carl Sagan Cosmos to Ancient Aliens. <laughs> intriguing go on so you cannot believe anything that i subscribe to is something i unbelievably believe in because i once in a while listen to things just to hear what people think um i like to be able to go into work i like to be able to talk to my wife and actually understand what other people are thinking and perceiving like you know jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself I don't want to cuss, but what are you smoking? Of course he killed himself. He tried to kill himself like four times in the previous like three weeks before he killed himself because, you know, he's a pedophile. Um, but I digress. <laughs> well, I guess if there's one person who, I, who I'm thinking would hope it would go away, we're looking at you, Sandrew. Exactly, exactly. Um, Bruce, I would definitely want to thank you for coming out. I want to thank everyone for the YouTube live coming out. Um, Charles, <laughs> YouTube chat says, forget Mattermost. I would like to, but I can't because Mattermost to me is one of those things. I love the ecosystem. I love the interface. I love the software. Unfortunately, right now we don't have the people on it, but you know, that could change any day. Um, I'm going to uh, talk to everyone again here really soon. And whatever you do, do never, ever, ever, ever forget. It doesn't matter the device. It doesn't matter the platform. It doesn't matter the ecosystem. It doesn't matter the time context. It could be 20 years ago. But don't forget, if you do not have root, you really, really, really do not know who does. Take it easy.